3: or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network.
5: Second hour of Sharp Money, Jonathan Tobel filling in for Patrick Maher, Amal Shah, Dustin Sweetelson are here. Let's head out welcome in our next guest, Josh Applebaum in his usual spot here, and it is opening uh, opening uh, night in the National Football League, so... I think everybody does. I think they all fall under this umbrella. Congratulations to all to celebrate. We finally made it, and I know Josh is one of them. All right, Josh, uh, let's open with the game tonight. Lions-Chiefs, we've had movement here. A lot of it has to do with the status of Travis Kelsey. Uh, what do you do as a guy who reads a lot into these splits and these line moves, but a lot of it has to do with injury?
6: Yeah, you're exactly right, JBT and them all. And congrats to everyone here. Football is finally back in our lives, which is fantastic. But I look at this game in a couple different ways. So, number one, Let's just look at how the moves have gone down. Number one, we saw Kansas City open as high as a seven-point home favorite. They pretty much stayed seven, got down to six and a half. You know, pretty much sat there for much of the summer. And then, as you mentioned, JBT, the news that Travis Kelsey is questionable here, hyperextended his knee, may not play. We saw huge steam hit the Detroit Lions, cause this line to get down to four and a half. So, on the one hand, think of it this way: if you had gotten an early, you know, Detroit plus seven, six and a half, now you go back KC minus four and a half. There's a pretty good middle there at this point. But looking at kind of what we're dealing with right now, I'm taking the points of the Detroit Lions here, guys. Number one, as we're waiting on the status of Travis Kelsey, we did see a little bit of information come out. The Chiefs elevated a tight end from their practice squad, Matt Bushman. So does that mean that Kelsey's out, or it's just insurance if he's limited? Also, Chris Jones. I know Kelsey's the big news here, but Chris Jones is one of the best defensive players in football. He's holding out. He's not expected to play. So if you look at just the movement toward Detroit, I know you're getting the worst of the number at this point, plus four and a half, they could be worth a teaser, you know, four and a half up to ten and a half, going through a couple key numbers. But here's some system matches on Detroit. Even though you're not getting the best of it anymore, number one, you look at how contrarian they are in a heavily bet game. They're only getting 34% of bets tonight. So even though you have Kelsey up in the air, it doesn't matter. The public is still pounding Kansas City. That creates a good opportunity to go the other way, bet against the public, take Detroit, but also these system matches, guys, if you look at primetime dogs as one of my best and favorite angles when you get to these Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night games, just take the dog. Very simple, but the last four years, primetime dogs, 117 and 88 against the spread, 57%. Dan Campbell in particular has been great as a dog, 29 against the spread, 69%. Road dogs have been great, especially we week, uh, week one. Since 2016, they're 59% ATS. And you also look at Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, you know, the Chiefs were just 5 and 10 ATS last year as a favorite. So obviously, we're waiting on the news. You know, what, what will we see with Kelsey? Is he officially out? Will, will he give it a go? I'm going to take the four and a half guys. I got a lot of system matches on Detroit. They're super contrarian. Maybe this is a Chiefs short win here. Maybe Detroit wins, but I'm taking the points of the Lions tonight.
2: Love the breakdown on the statistics, especially in the first week of the season with the underdogs and in the primetime games. want to switch to a game that's going to be marquee on Sunday, Cowboys and the Giants. Josh, where do you come out on this one? Dallas Cowboys, a slight favorite in this game.
6: Yeah, I'm, all, I'm going to take the points once again with the Giants. That's really my angle. You know, when I'm betting NFL, it's such a public sport. We even saw a new, uh, new state legalized today, Kentucky. Join the, join the fun here, 35th state overall. But really, football is just a great sport to bet against the public because the public is so big. No other sport takes as much public action. So I'm um, typically dogs, typically unders, and that's where I'm seeing value here on the G-Men. Now, Dallas opened around minus three. They pretty much stayed there. Anytime they got up to three and a half, though, there's a lot of buyback in juiced up Giants, plus three and a half, minus 120s out there. Now, the G-Men are only getting around 45% of bets, so you're, again, betting against the public in a primetime game. Another primetime dog system match, 57% ATS. But here's where it gets even better, guys. Divisional dogs in week one, they're 18-8 and eight against the spread, 69% the last four years. Dig a little deeper, Daniel Jones, you know, again, he got his money. Is he a good quarterback or not? That's You know, leave that up to debate. But he's 26-15 and 15 against the spread as a dog in his career, 63%. Brian Dayball last year, 10 and 2 ATS as a dog, 83%. I just think this is such an important game where you got to get the hook. So shop around. There are some books out there with G Men plus 3.5, minus 120. I don't like buying points either, guys, but if you are really juiced low on the G Men, like, you know, plus three at even money, I don't hate, you know, buying that half point up to 3.5 at minus 120. So hook is critical here, but I got to go again, contrarian, with the G Men at home plus 3.5
5: decent betting analyst Josh Applebaum with us all right let's go to one of the games that I am most excited for Sunday San Francisco 49ers on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers I think this is probably going to be one of the most popular teaser legs out there Josh getting up from two two and a half to eight and a half what do you make of the matchup
6: I'm with you JBT. great teaser play here two and a half to up to eight and a half with Pittsburgh maybe you pair them here with the Jets on Monday night Jets are two and a half you take them to eight and a half as well But to me, obviously, we saw some news last night. Joey uh, Bosa, or Nick Bosa, signs his contract. He's going to play. How effective will he be? Hasn't really been in camp at all. But we did see a little buyback. You know, San Fran opened laying three. They got down all the way to San Fran minus two. Bosa's going to play. Some of these books are now back up to two and a half. But it doesn't really change the fact that Pittsburgh, to me, is the value play guys. They're only getting 34% of bets at uh, DraftKings right now. So two-thirds of of public betters are going with San Fran, and this is also your most heavily bet 1 o'clock game. So with the public all over uh, San Francisco, even with Bosa now playing, why did the line fall away from San Fran toward Pittsburgh? tells me there's some Pittsburgh money out there. Again, you mentioned the teaser, JVT. I'll even look at just taking the 2.5, maybe even money line. Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches as a dog in his career as a dog. He's 51-27 and ATS, 65% as a home dog. 15-4 15-4 and four against the spread, 79%. So, uh, again, a lot
2: of love for San Fran, but to me, this is a play-to-back Pittsburgh at home. Let's go to a game that I know JBT likes, the Green Bay Packers in, taking on the Chicago Bears Atl- excuse me, at uh, Soldier Field in Chicago. Uh, this number has come down now in favor of the Green Bay Packers. Tell me where you come out on this one. I'm with JBT
6: on this one, Amal, because Green Bay, uh, they've just been consistently getting sharp money pretty much all summer, but in particular last few days, even into today, because if you look at the opener here, you know, Chicago at home, they were as high as laying three, laying two and a half. You saw Chicago immediately get down, or, you know, over the last week, get down to around two and a half, two, even one and a half. And now today, guys, as you mentioned it, all, further love toward Green Bay. So, Wise guys, they don't really, it seems like even though they missed the key number, they're still playing Green Bay, even maybe at a money line play here, because a lot of these books are down to now Chicago just minus one. I see one book that may even hop the fence and, you know, go to a pick'em or a dog to fade with Green Bay. So as of now, Green Bay only getting 30% of bets. Another way to go contrarian here. Uh, pun intended or maybe not, but no much, no love for Jordan Love. Maybe that's a way to buy low on Green Bay here. And also road dogs in week one, 59% against the spread. Divisional dogs, 69% ATS. Both of those are from 2016. So Justin Fields, again, he's only in his career 8-17 and 17 against the spread. 32 percent four nine ats at home this play you you know even if you miss the good you know two and a half two i'd be looking at green bay if you can give me a one i'll take the one but guys this is becoming a money line play on green bay they just look so sharp and there's been no let up on the love for the packers from the wise guys
5: so josh as we look um overall i wanted to switch how do your trains or how do your systems work when looking at college football on saturdays are there angles that you can use in college football
6: Yeah, so college football, JVT, one, I look for fishy lines where basically it's an unranked team versus a ranked team and the line's going their direction. I'll give an example, Notre Dame and NC State. That's your most heavily bet 12 o'clock game. Everyone on their mother's on Notre Dame. They've looked good so far. They're a ranked team. NC State is unranked. But even though NC State's only getting like 15% of bets, Notre Dame actually opened like minus 8.5. It's down to 7.5. It's juiced up like it may get down to 7 I really like NC State there plus seven and a half. So to your point, JBT, college is a little bit different than NFL, but a lot of the same methods apply. If you're contrarian in a heavily bet game, the line's moving in your direction, you're unranked first rank. Those are the spots I really love. So I like the Wolfpack plus seven and a half Saturday.
2: Josh, give people out there one piece of advice that they could apply to the 2023 NFL season that might be new bettors or not as experienced. I would say them all lean on dogs and unders that's historically where we've seen the value, especially the last few years.
6: But uh, aside from that, if you can bet a game early in the week and kind of anticipate the line move, you know, that's great. But if you don't see an edge, I would wait until late in the, in the, uh, in the week, you know, when you get to Saturday and even Sunday, that late movement is so critical and of course shop for the best line. Don't be betting with just one sports book, have multiple outs, you know, find the G men getting the hook, you know, plus three and a half versus just a book at three, but, a lot of great tips that we offer at Beeson, but to me, those are the really important ones.
5: All right, we'll get you out of here on this, Josh. I know you had the four games you wanted to go over. Uh, were there any other games or sides in the NFL on Sunday that were just like right on the edge of maybe being a play, according to your system?
6: <laughs> yeah, so I would look at the Houston Texans, guys. It sounds kind of crazy. You know, again, we expect them uh, to be not a very good team this year, but Baltimore is a really popular play at home. They're getting like 80% of bets, but I noticed today Baltimore opened or today when you woke up, they were minus 10 they're getting down to nine and a half here. So somebody across the market likes Houston. If you look at those big dogs getting seven or more, they're covering uh, at around a 60% clip the last three years. So keep an eye on Houston if you can still find a plus 10.
5: You can follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. Josh, appreciate it. So what's going on? Where can people find you this season?
6: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. Obviously uh, doing the morning bets pod and market insights for VEASAN. But also on the weekends, wake up early. Uh, the Sweat, I'll be in uh, the Boston studio at DraftKings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Really excited about that. Yeah,
5: I saw I saw the clip of you on the iPad doing some stuff in studio. Looks good. All right, buddy. Thanks for the time. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy opening night. Thank you. Looked like a regular, uh, who's the CNN guy? Cornacki. The, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, he's, or he's no, that's NBC. NBC. Yeah, but you and I have the same team.
7: I saw the same clip, and I was like, wow, Josh looks really comfortable with that iPad and the touch screen and making things move over there. Was, looks like a pro. That's right. You could never. No, no shot. <laughs> at least you admit it. <laughs> I got no problem. You know what would happen? It would be like, uh, I don't know if I should say this. I was recently at a fast food restaurant that has kiosks. And I guess someone got frustrated with the kiosk they punched and it? punched it directly in the middle. That'd be a mall on, on a news network. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. It's not my fault. Boom.
2: <laughs> I have a friend of mine. He punched a slot machine one time. His hand was bleeding. This, la- this lady looks over and He yells at her. He goes, what are you looking at? <laughs> she, saw, she saw death.
5: I mean, it was pretty such, a, I, such an underrated line. I've never been able to use it properly. What are you looking at? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's such a good one. All right. We'll you about.
7: obviously, and you don't like it. <laughs>
5: it's a good point. All right. We'll take our <laughs> break. Uh, when we come back, Dustin has his plays. He's written them down. We're ready to hear for the big guy what it's going to be.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic.
1: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today.
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. VSN, in the Sports
5: Betting Network. Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with the G-Bank Visa Signature Card. Unlike other credit cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G-Bank Visa Signature Card can load directly to your favorite sports book apps. You'll earn a 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app loads every time, and 2% on other purchases. G-Bank Visa is a car designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere. Works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to VSIN. That's It It is Sharp Money. I'm Jonathan Tobel, filling in for Patrick Maher today. Mall and Dustin are here. We do have some news in the world of college football. I also wanted to hit for anybody who wasn't with us, too. I did want to note, because I, I did tell our audience earlier. We should tell our audience now if they're just joining us. If you want to do some research on it, Panthers, two starting wide receivers, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, did not participate in practice today. Uh, we did have college football news come down while we were talking with our guests. Tez Walker uh, is not going to be cleared to play. Denied his appeal. He will be ineligible for the 2023 season.
7: Like What are we doing? Or and what are they doing? Because you know, I don't oh. want to associate with the NCAA. Like, for those that don't know, Tez Walker, his career started in 2020 where he was at a school that was an FCS program. And the season got canceled because of COVID. So then he transferred. And now they're holding that transfer against him, saying that as an undergrad, he's transferred too many times to be eligible. Yeah, he started at North Carolina
2: Central, then went to Kent State. I, I just don't get this. You know, Mac Brown had a great response. He goes, we have
7: guys in their eighth year. Yeah. He's absolutely right. Uh, all they, See, the, the thing is, I saw someone bring up JT Daniels, because he's on, like, his fifth school. Apparently, once you're a grad transfer, it's unlimited. Yeah. You can just keep going until so you get your doctorate, apparently. Because JT Daniels is a year away from Tommy Boy. That's right.
5: (laughs) I, uh, I will say this. I think I know what this is about. The NCAA is dying. And so any little thing. Oh, it's desperation. That, right. Any little thing that they can do to show control, they are doing it. I mean, look at uh, the name escapes me. Who's the defensive lineman for LSU that couldn't play? Mason Smith. Mason Smith. All right. Mason Smith. Right. You could easily have a situation where Smith appeals and then you're like, all right, we'll let you play in arguably the biggest freaking game of the season. And then, you know, next week against whoever, Charleston Southern Tech. I don't know who they play. Yeah. Uh, right. Then you can appeal and, and sit that one out or something like that. All this is, is the NCAA desperately grasping at any sense of power that they have to flex it before ultimately, just like the Pac-12, they dissolve or something else happens.
7: Well, I'll tell you this. You know what this hurts the most? It Obviously, it hurts North Carolina for the season, but I don't know what their ceiling is. It hurts Drake May. It's going to hurt Drake May's draft prospects and how he's evaluated. It's going to hurt him in the Heisman race. So, like – I couldn't recommend, even though it's 22 to one now, so the market's adjusted after week one where he wasn't great against South Carolina. But I think a lot of us were thinking that once Montez Walker was uh, was cleared, things would take off for Drake, May, And He clearly missed him against South Carolina in the opener. I think this takes a big hit to that offense because remember, they're replacing Josh Downs.
2: Downs was unbelievable for that team last year. A couple things. I don't think it hurts his draft stock at all. I do think it impacts him in terms of the Heisman and this offense. It could hurt the film, I should say, not the stock. It's going to be decision making and he's going to have a great pro day. You know, everybody plays well when they've got a broomstick rushing them. Do do you think
7: Sam Howell, Mitchell Trubisky hurt him in any way? No, No.
2: not at all. You, You know. It's funny. People talk about that, those kinds of things. They, go, they always say with Ohio State, they go, oh, Ohio State doesn't produce good quarterbacks. I'm like, you realize this is how stupid most college football fans are. The last first round pick at quarterback Ohio State was Arch Leister in 79 or 80, whatever year it was, and then Dwayne Haskins. And just because Dwayne Haskins didn't have a great career, uh, and you look at Justin Fields, gotten off to a bit of a slow start. Justin Fields has played with an anemic offensive line. What Sam Howe and what Mitchell Trubisky have done have no relevancy to me in terms of Drake May. Drake May is a completely separate entity and you know look he's gotten off to a good start with that victory against South Carolina Troy Smith best Ohio State quarterback in the NFL i i, I don't even need to let, you got anything you want to add i mean that's like ridiculous who's the better who's been better bobby hoing's actually been better but was it in black and white did was the forward was pass, pass bobby yeah. hoing 2000 played for the eagles did he who who is oh bobby hoing
5: hoing like hoing are we talking about him? That, huh? <laughs> yeah, i don't know i, 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 don't, even, I don't even
2: know is. if he's being for real or if he's being facetious Bobby, right now i'm googling H-O-Y now. h-o-y-i-n-g
5: h-o-y-i-n-g Hoy. he had
7: a flat top
5: no <laughs> uh yeah i don't remember this dude. that's the best quarterback in ohio state he's history, not better Indiana than troy NFL. smith
7: troy smith did a fill-in role. was awesome
5: he was True. three nine and one and threw 11 touchdowns to 15 True. interceptions How,
2: what did troy smith do yeah.
7: Troy Smith. Troy Smith was a much more serviceable option at quarterback in the NFL. Troy Smith... Troy
2: Smith had the worst game in the history of college football. He was 4 for 11 for 35 yards against Florida. Eight it,
7: touchdowns, five picks. I was going to
2: say,
5: he was 500, and he had a positive TD to interception ratio. Look, the track, record, the track record is not good.
2: Neither, no, I agree. They've never produced quarterbacks. And, you know, certain schools don't produce certain positions. And Ohio State is one that didn't produce quarterbacks. All
5: right. I know we're doing college football news here, but we did get something else coming down right now. We, we hit on this yesterday, so it seems like it's almost officially official. Uh, Terry McLaurin upgraded w- to a play. full participant in practice. That's big. So positive. Sounds like he's going to be able to go for Washington. And bringing it back what we talked about, your guy Sam Howell.
2: Real quick on Sam Howe. Forget what your opinion may be of him. I, I don't think, are you, where are you at with him, JVT? Uh, I,
5: the honest opinion is, I just don't know. Uh, you don't know
7: enough. Nobody knows. Uh, Rod Rivera says he didn't know, and he watched him more than
2: anyone.
5: I will say this.
2: I'm not taking 7-8-1's opinion on anything. <laughs> Please continue.
5: Um, when I when I watch that game against Dallas, and you look at some of the numbers, I think he's a guy who invites a lot of pressure as a quarterback, which is never very good. You should get, get rid of the ball and not put your offensive line in a bad position. And... I think that if you're basing what you think of him this year off of that performance against Dallas, I would want you to watch that game against Dallas again.
7: FMK. Sam yeah. Howell, Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love. What is FMK? Blank, Mary kill. Okay,
5: okay, so give me my three options again so I can write this down again. Desmond Ritter. Okay, so Desmond Ritter. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Jordan Love. Okay, so I'm going to – oh, that's easy. I'm gonna marrying Jordan, Jordan love. Yeah, marrying Jordan-, Jordan Love. You love Jordan Love. Uh, let let oh. me isolate. Let's isolate this. Kill Sam Howell and then <laughs> <laughs> and then Desmond Ritter.
7: I'm, Des- kill- I'm, I'm, with, I'm honestly, down. Honestly, I saw enough from Desmond Ritter. I'm killing him. Yeah. <laughs> Desmond Ritter should consider
2: himself fortunate.
5: What you call him yesterday? The best bounce passer. <laughs> the
2: best. He's been the best
7: bounce passer at UC since Nick Van Exel. He's terrible. <laughs> do, do you understand for me and Amal to passionately side on the same side of a take how bad you have to be?
5: I'll just say this about him. So when I was watching the preseason, I think we talked about this one of the days I filled in. Yes. If you watch, like a lot of people were getting really Randy. What was the no, game? No, it was the, you the, and me.
7: The, well, you and me were doing Saturday, and I told you I think he stinks, and you said I watched the film.
5: Yeah, what, pre- <laughs> se- what preseason game was it? It they, was the first one. They had like a 10-minute opening one, drive. One, yeah, first yeah. or second one. But, yeah, so you you watch what he's done in the preseason. It's a lot of first read and go. Or roll to cut the field in yes. half so you don't have to do and, that but much. But by the way,
7: also not accurate when he throws it to the guy in these easy throws. So
5: if you, exactly. So if you're in the national football, you know what it reminds me of? Trubisky, his rookie year. It's exactly what they did. It was QB a lot of one-read stuff, yeah, yeah. QB waggle, and making sure it's like, look, dude, it's like levels. It's, if this guy's not open, it's this guy. And if those aren't open, then just run for five yards. I like think
7: Trubisky's a very fair comp to Desmond Ritter. They're not accurate, but they're athletic, so people are enticed by them. And there are coordinators out there who see the skill set and go, I can scheme that up. I'm telling you right now, I believe in the, the process of scheming up someone you think who has special skills. He does not have good enough skills to, to scheme up.
5: The difference would be, and the roster of the whatever year Trubisky's best year was kind of escapes me. I would argue, skill position-wise, Desmond Ritter has way better toys yes, to play with than Mitch Trubisky yes. had that big year that went to Probably one, ever. 12 games. Probably right? ever. Yeah. Not,
2: not even close. Um, real quick, though, when I look at Washington and I look at uh, Atlanta – who is a middle-of-the-pack quarterback for you in the National Football League? Just give me two guys that come here. Ryan year. Tannehill. Okay. There you go. Yeah, okay, Tannehill. One. If you put Tannehill in Atlanta or in Washington. Upgrade. Washington's a playoff team. Sure. Yes. Yep. I mean, that's how bad the quarterback um, plays right now. I mean, you look at the perimeter. Dotson, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, Curtis Samuel, and then
7: you look at. Elite with, defense. Uh,
5: uh, to add uh, to your point, you put Tannehill on Atlanta. They're favored to win the NFC South. <laughs>
7: yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. Are they I not? I agree. Hold defense on. is still bad, though. The, I don't think like defense. But
5: I'm guess. just, c- compare, compare to where they're priced now, behind the New Orleans Saints. We all agree that Tannehill is an upgrade the most important position. At the very least, they would be tied in terms of odds yeah, for I, New Orleans yeah, to that win that a, division. I'd say
7: tied. New Orleans roster still Look, pretty good. I
5: mean, we go. Yeah. Plus 105 to win the division. Yeah. The Falcons are 2 Yeah, you're
2: probably right, because I'll I tell you what, though, the Saints' defense is elite. Nobody talks about how oh. well they played the last 10 awesome. games of the year. They're awesome. They're old, though. That, you're not wrong. Fair. Fair. Uh, what's your take on Derek Carr
5: I think that there's a real danger that last year was what we see from Derek Carr moving forward I I just don't know how that my worry is Josh McDaniels we saw it with Stidham at the very least Josh McDaniels offensive system does raise the floor of a quarterback Stidham came in against San Francisco looked absolutely tremendous yeah and I think it is to me it is very worrisome to watch Derek Carr get Devontae Adams get a system like he had with Josh McDaniels and have his worst career year in multiple different senses
7: I'm not holding anything that happened with Josh charge against Derek Carr. Derek Carr is worse than the people who like him think he is and better than the people who hate him think he is.
2: I completely agree with that assessment. Real quick, take on Jordan Love.
5: I think he's in an offensive system that's going to raise his floor and he'll give you average quarterback play, and that's good enough in a division that I think is pretty weak.
2: Daniel Jones.
7: I don't think he's that good of a passer yet. <laughs> I don't no. either. You know I what I mean? Like, also, I just, he, he doesn't have a strong arm, but he's he's accurate, yeah. and he's athletic.
5: Also, go back to Derek Carr. Some of the, the, the non-number stuff, what you hear, and some of the actions off the field, you're kind of just like, I don't know if that really works in terms of leading a locker room. Uh, but that's either here or there. All right. We'll take our break. On the other side, you know, let's talk a little bit more about North Carolina, huh? Because our next guest, Sean McDonough, was on the game last week. We'll get his thoughts on what looked like a physical Tar Heels team.
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v
5: the Sports Betting Network. NFL is here, folks, and you still have time to get a betting edge. or updated NFL betting guide there's plenty of opportunities all season long. You get picks from every on-air host team, specific preseason analysis, and football contest strategies, and more. If you want the best, most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, previews, now's the time to become a Vison Pro subscriber for as low as 19 bucks, or say 50% off the monthly price on an annual subscription. Bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. We welcome back here on Sharp Money. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, filling in for Patrick Maher. Let's welcome in our next guest, Sean McDonough, is nice enough to be with us. ESPN College Football announcer. Sean, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. Let's start with this. Do you like pimento cheese?
4: <laughs> sure who doesn't i kind of like any kind of cheese really probably why my cholesterol is a million but uh yeah no i i would think i do yes i would say yeah.
5: did you did you try the new chick-fil-a sandwich dustin was singing its praises they have a what is it a honey pimento yeah cheese sandwich or something like that are you in on that
4: i have not tried that yet but it, it sounds like something i'd be willing to try the next time i'm in the neighborhood of one of those establishments
5: sean McDonough with us all right Let's talk a little bit about football. I want to talk about the team that you watched last week in North Carolina. One of the things that came out of that game, a lot of people noted physicality for UNC, that it looked a little bit different defensively. Did you come away with that same observation?
4: Oh, for sure. You know, they had the nine sacks. They had 17 all of last year. You know, they told us in the meetings the night before Gene Chiswick, the defensive coordinator, you could kind of tell he felt like he didn't do a very good job last season and that they – were just too static, you know, in their structure and the way they played. They were gonna be much more aggressive. You know, we talked to Cedric Gray, their terrific linebacker the night before. He was excited about the fact that they were gonna be much more aggressive. And you know, they brought a lot of pressures. I think they were certainly helped by the fact that the South Carolina offensive line was not good. You know, I fear for Spencer Rattler's health and ability to survive the season if they continue to play like that. So you know they had a, a tough situation. They lost their starting right tackle in one of the first plays of the game on offense, but if they don't shore that up, they're going to have a long year, but I was very impressed by North Carolina. You know, unfortunately, they got some really bad news today, I guess. I just read it that uh, Tez Walker, the wide receiver, has been ruled ineligible for the year. Yeah, I think with him, um, you know, they had a chance to compete for the ACC title. Perhaps they still do, but uh, it'll be a little bit harder without him.
2: Mr. McDonough, great to have you back on with us. We had you during the NHL playoffs and, uh,
4: yeah, Thank thanks, them all. Good to be with you and Jonathan.
2: Thank you. i tell you what, we see Sam Howell transfer and the impact that he's had for Notre Dame. As we continue to go forward and the transfer portal being now just basically free agency, could teams and programs, uh, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, look to poach somebody as good as this without necessarily recruiting and developing their own guys? Because to me, if you put Sam Hartman on one of these teams, they're the favorite to win the national title.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's an unbelievable pickup for Notre Dame. You know, you wouldn't think of Notre Dame as the kind of school that would spend money uh, in NIL or that sort of thing to get somebody. To, um, whereas, obviously, other schools are spending lots of money to go do that. But, yeah, that's, I think, going to be a situation. We're seeing it here, right, in their opponent on Saturday, too. Yeah. I mean, Brennan Armstrong is going to be the starting quarterback for NC State. He had one year left. You know, he came from Virginia, where two years ago he had a tremendous season. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and UVA had one of the best offenses, and they had a coaching change, and, you know, it just wasn't a good fit for him, uh, you know, or the team, obviously. And then they dealt with that horrific tragedy at the end of the year. So, yeah, I think we're just going to see more and more of that at, uh, at quarterback. And, you know, for all of, uh, for all of Drake May's connections, and we talked about North Carolina, his connections, to North Carolina, you know, his dad played there. His brother was a basketball star. You know, there were some concerns at North Carolina that he might leave after last year and go someplace else. So, And if uh, he wanted to do that, he would have obviously gotten a lot of money uh, to, to go do it. So, yeah, I, I think you're on to something that's probably going to happen over and over again. Now, you can't really plan that way because if you plan, oh, well, we won't develop anybody, we'll just go poach a great quarterback from somebody else and you don't get them, then you're stuck. So you better have a fallback plan.
5: Yeah, it's pretty crazy with May. When you get a quarterback announcing on Twitter last year, I'm coming back, but not because he wasn't going to go to the NFL, but because he just wasn't going to transfer, which is <laughs> which is where we're at at this point right now. Uh, all right, so let's talk about NC State. Uh, outside of Brennan Armstrong, when you're getting ready for this game and you're evaluating NC State, what position group sticks out to you?
4: Well, they're really good on defense. You know, they have an excellent corner in Aiden White. Uh, the linebacker, Peyton Wilson, has been a – really productive player for them for years you know they they lost some starters from last year I mean they went eight and five last year as you guys know uh with an offense that was pretty dreadful and a defense that was number one in the ACC and scoring and you know in the top 20 nationally in a lot of the key defensive categories they just were so bad on offense that uh they had an eight win season when based on how good their defense and special teams were they probably should have been better than that but yeah, I worry a little bit after watching their opener against UConn. I know it's the opening game, and I think UConn's pretty good. I mean, as we know, they went to a bowl game last year, and Jim Moore did a terrific job and is doing a terrific job there, and he's an outstanding defensive coach obviously, but the uh, the North Carolina State offense did not look good in that game. They, they scored 24 points. Uh, their last touchdown drive was helped by 30 yards of penalties by UConn, so uh, they really took advantage of the shorter field, and They didn't have a 20-yard play the whole night. You know, I think their longest pass was 18 yards and the longest run was 19 or vice versa, but they didn't have a 20-yard play. So, you know, if they don't get in the business of getting some explosive plays, I think uh, they're going to continue to struggle on offense, even with Armstrong reunited with uh, the offensive coordinator, Robert I
2: Mr. McDonough, break down how you see Clemson. That was a horrific loss for a program that has been dominant the last decade. Now to go to Duke and lose the opener, how does that thing? How does that shake things up for Davo Sweeney and company?
4: Well, you know, there's a lot of people now saying you know their era is over. Uh, I saw one quote: the Davo dynasty is over. People are saying that's what you get for not getting in the transfer portal. Everybody else is, you need to too. Perhaps there's some truth to that. I was actually at that game as a fan. You know, We had the game in Charlotte last Saturday, and we are here in Raleigh on Saturday. So I just stayed and went to the game. And you guys probably watched it, too. I mean, it wasn't a fluke. Duke was the better team, but they didn't fumble twice in the first half. You know, in key situations, they, they might have won the game, probably would have won the game more comfortably than they did. You know, if you didn't know, you know, what the – what the lineage was, what the legacy was, the traditions of these two schools, you would have thought Duke was Clemson and the other way around. So, you know, I think there is reason for concern at Clemson. Um, They certainly don't have the playmakers at wide receiver that they used to have. I would have questions about Klubnik at quarterback, and, uh, you know, Duke's for real. I mean, their quarterback's legit. They had a lot of good athletes, a lot of good football players on both sides of the ball. Mike Elko's obviously a heck of a coach, and yeah, I think they're going to have an, another terrific season after winning nine last year. Sean McDonough with us, uh,
5: college football play-by-play play voice for ESPN. Sean, really quick, I want to build in on, on something you just mentioned. Do you think maybe there is something to that point, though, about Clemson maybe needing to get a little bit more active or evolve here? Because I know Dabo hasn't wanted to do the whole transfer portal thing. But like when you see a guy like Keon Coleman, for example, who played at Michigan State, and you have a wide receiver room that wasn't really very good, you could have been in on a guy like that. Isn't there something to at least having or asking Dabo at some point to evolve in that regard?
4: Yeah, I think so. Although, you know, one of the things that I've always appreciated about Clemson, and we've done a zillion Clemson games here in the last many years, you know, they really have built a lot of their success on culture. I remember him telling us stories. They'll have top recruits coming in for recruiting weekend. And if the players, the current players who are there hosting the recruits say, you know what, this guy might be a terrific player, but he's kind of a jerk, and we don't think he'd fit in here, they stop recruiting him. So culture is really important. Uh, that being said, doesn't mean you can't do your research about a guy uh, who you might take in the transfer portal and make sure he's going to be a good fit as a citizen, a student, wh- whatever it is that you're looking for. So, you know, I, I just think you know, it's an advantage that everybody has if they're willing to do it. In a place like Clemson with all their money, you know, they'd probably be pretty good in the transfer portal if they wanted to be. So uh, I think he's going to have to rethink that. You know, it's, it's kind of like what Coach K did Uh, Late in his career, when he didn't really want to get involved in the one-and-dones, but he did, and, you know, Duke went back to being a national power. Not that they ever really disappeared from that, but uh, they certainly became uh, what Duke had been before, again, in basketball. So, yeah, I think he's probably going to have to to do that, or or if not, uh, you know, he's going to watch a lot of talent go elsewhere that might have come to him. Mr.
2: McDonough, one final request that you and Dave Pash do not stop getting on these referees who are making dinner reservations on reviews. I mean, it is unbelievable. I always love when you jump down these guys' throats like, come on, what are we doing? And we've all made the call 10 minutes ago. We know what the decision is, and they take a month and a half.
4: Yeah, it's frustrating sometimes, and I should probably be calmer about it than I am. (laughs) You know, these officials, by and large, do a good job, and they're human beings like the rest of us (laughs) We all make mistakes, and I certainly made. I was just watching the tape of our game last week and counting some of mine. So, But it, it, it does um, all take longer, a lot longer sometimes than it should. And sometimes it's not just the call, right? They're going back to yeah. figure out uh, where the ball should be or did the clock stop or not stop and what should the time be. So sometimes what seems obvious to us is obvious, but there are other <laughs> things that go into the administration of the play that they're trying to figure out
5: it goes back to my other idea i have a plus size men's clothing brand idea and i also say play clock on the reviews if you can't get it done by 60 seconds get out the play stands sean mcdonough it's
4: supposed to be right clear and obvious right so when it lasts three or four minutes it's not clear and obvious so uh, to me that's the whole bad thing about replay you know it was supposed to correct the obvious errors. You know, the, the old everybody in the bar yelling at the TV. He was out of bounds. You know, Sean, we got to run. We're up
5: against the hard out. Sorry to cut you off, but we appreciate the time, sir. Thank you.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel? It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd.
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: Today is the best Thursday of the year because it's NFL opening night. Football's back in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner. of The NFL is hooking new customers up with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your first $5 NFL bet, score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Don't wait till kickoff to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code Sharp. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly. When you sign up and you just bet $5, code Sharp only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. It's John Von Tobel filling in for Patrick Maher. Amal and Dustin are here, of course, as well. Here being the D Las Vegas, you want to come down and uh, buy me a Labat Blue. Do it. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to stop you at all. Did you bet a uh, a touchdown scorer prop?
7: Uh, so maybe you guys can help me with this. Amal will definitely be the wet blanket here. Be like, I don't like it. It's bad. It's bad business to bet those. They're trying to dupe you. But guess what? I like being duped. So here's well, where i at. I'm at least I'm glad you listen to me yeah. when I speak. I know. I know. I know exactly what you're going to say. It's like my parents. I, I anticipate before the argument what I'm going to be told I'm doing wrong. <laughs> so uh, the first one comes from Detroit. The next three are from Kansas City. I, I like the idea of looking at who's going to potentially pick up the slack with Kelsey out tonight, or limited, we should say, because mm-hmm. uh, Mick Schaefer earlier said he's probably going to play, and he's going to play a few snaps. There's going be packages for him. The first one from Detroit is a guy who's been hyped up all offseason, and it sounds like they love him there, and that's Sam Laporta plus 280 anytime touchdown. I've got nothing. got nothing on Sam Laporta?
5: I mean, I would say, because here's my thing. I think at least something personally – I find touchdown scorer markets to be somewhat random. They are. And I don't know. Like, I can go to a spiel about, like, how Sam LaPorta could be effective, but I just don't know how I would personally quantify that there is value in betting him to do
7: it. So here's what I would say is last season the Chiefs allowed nine touchdowns to tight ends. Okay. That put them at one, two, three, four, tied for fifth in the NFL for most touchdowns to tight ends. I think he's one of their better vertical threats. Remember they have no Jamison Williams to start the season for six games. That would be part of the reason why I'm placing that. I by the way, I don't expect you to love any of these because no. I like taking shots. Okay,
5: so let's let's add to that then. If we're going down that path, lines are gonna run, right? That's what they want to do with their offense. Off of running, you go play action. A lot of the times tight ends get involved up play action, Sam Laporter.
7: D- we're just looking for the justification to pull the trigger. There you go. How about that, huh? You're wearing How do you feel, Judge.
5: You're wearing Lions teal, blue, whatever. Yeah,
7: I think it's Hawaii blue
2: or yeah, Hawaiian yeah, yeah. blue, whatever. Honolulu blue.
5: Honolulu blue. Honolulu blue. There it is.
2: Um, look, I'm going to defer to JVT, and I'm going <laughs> to defer to whatever you pick on this one. I'll be honest right. with you; I haven't even been paying attention. As soon as you told me it was touchdown score, I was like, forget oh, this. This a waste on. of this money. this is
7: fun. All right, look, no Kelsey out. We need a number one weapon for Kansas City.
2: Kadarius Tony, have a nice day.
7: Kadarius Tony, two to one on the list. Okay. The next two are shots. I'm thinking over the middle, they need someone to make plays. They signed Richie James to be a slot guy. I watched Richie James at New York. He was an electric guy, tons of speed, has a chance at plus 480. To he's, so, the end he, he's so
2: good. Nobody wanted to take him on.
7: No, the Chiefs paid him good money.
2: Listen, I get it. You love Richie James way more than I
7: do. Yeah. Rich <laughs> Shaver brought him up too. Yeah. And then the last one, guy's been great in camp. Skymore. No. No. I, have him, I already have him over on, <laughs> on receiving yards. Guy's been great in camp. He was a beast for a while at Clemson, but had an injury. That's why his draft stock fell. Justin Ross plus 470.
5: Yeah. I think those are the two names that, that Schaefer mentioned, right? It was, um, who would we just say? Wow, my yeah. mind is out of Richie, Richie, Richie James, Justin Ross. thank you, yeah. Yeah. and Ross were yeah. the two names that were brought up when we talked with Schaefer out of Kansas City.
7: I, I think Tony, though. I'm going to put a little bit more on Tony at 2-1. to one. I, I think Tony has a chance to be the explosive guy I, for uh, that. T- Go ahead, sorry.
5: I was going to say, you want you like shots? What do we get on Patrick Mahomes' rushing touchdown? Probably about 3-1. to one. Anytime or rushing? I want rushing. Well, I mean, yeah. Anytime. anytime. Yeah, yeah, anytime what's
2: he going to go? Marcus Mariota, throw the ball, get it tipped and catch it uh, himself? 4-10. There
5: you go. Oh, See? three? I thought three. it was going to be three. The mobility, we know he's not the most, you know, fleet of foot, but he is mobile. He can avoid pressure. We're all focusing.
7: No, that's interesting. Also, because remember the last time we saw him, he had a, a leg injury. Yep. So he wasn't running. So I wonder if people are looking back at what he did late last year and forgetting, hey, the reason why he wasn't running for touchdowns because he had a knee injury. He still went
5: over his rushing prop in the Super Bowl, though, correct? This correctly. year, the
7: one against San Francisco,
5: I got oh, lucky. Oh, uh,
7: you got lucky? lucky? Yes, God, I got the butt. By, what, a half yard or something? Well, no. no okay. uh, you don't remember that. Go ahead. Explain. No, please, you do. Because so, I was in line. I was won. so annoyed. I thought I lost. So his no, I, I don't remember. I had not worked here yet, and I was blackout drunk. So uh,
5: his <laughs> rushing prop was somewhere around like 29 and a half, 28 whatever.
7: 30, 34
5: the, and a half. Wait, so... I had bet it over. He goes over the rushing problem oh, throughout a s- the game. Neil or Zach? But No, not even a kneel, Dustin. Remember, I don't know if you remember the end of the game because you were blackout drunk. He runs yes. backwards. And I think it was two consecutive plays. He ran backwards by about four or five yards. Here it gets even better, but then he misses it by the hook. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh great. And I remember it perfectly, because I'm like, oh cool, he's got it. Like we're kind of near the end of the, the end game, right? Where you know they're gonna win. So I actually walk off to like get a drink or some food, and I just hear like, hey man. I don't think you're going to get this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, the rushing prop. Like, he's fine. Oh. They're like, no, he's running backwards. And um,
2: I was dude. in line with a friend of mine. We are lining up to catch some other tickets before the game had ended. And I go, well, this is going to be a loser. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, hold on a second.
5: Yeah, on. I'm like, we got a shot here.
2: <laughs> By the way, what's a worse beat? JVT's beat on that or my one bet on the Super Bowl between the Pats and the uh, Seahawks? Russell Wilson, no interceptions, plus
7: 135. <laughs> Man, you were celebrating that one too. It was Man, over. As soon as the it's over. Oh over. Yeah, done. It's over. You're like, where am I spending? That's my thing. Is like, how am I spending this money I'm about to All win? Right. And the second I start doing that, Man. something happens. You know, it's funny too.
5: That Super Bowl, it was a great Super Bowl for me. I think I, I cleaned up on props. It was, it was one of the better days in Super Bowl betting that I've ever had. But I'll never forget Malcolm the, the one. Butler's
7: only time he ever did anything in his life got in the way of you winning bet.
5: Well, yeah, I remember
2: Lombardi said, he goes, we had the play covered because he was with the Patriots at the time. I, look, I think they were 0 for 8 on uh, 3rd and 1 or 4th and 1 conversions with Marshawn Lynch in that situation that year. Uh, but, man, that, that was a brutal beat. Uh, okay, quick question since we're talking about this. What is your worst beat, uh, bad beat of all time?
5: Okay, I don't know if this is of all time, but this is somewhat fresh in the memory from a couple of years ago. You're going to be shocked. This is an NBA regular season game. The Bulls, I had laid one and a half with the Bulls in a regular season game against the Thunder. They were up by 30 at halftime. They blew it, and they come down at the end of the game. This is the best part. Final possession, they're up by four, and OKC's got the ball. And all the Bulls do is just, who cares, just don't let them get to the rim. So they all just back off Mike Muscala, who nails the three, (laughs) so the Bulls can win by one after they were up by 30, and I had laid one and a half. That is one that comes in a recent memory, and the best part was the people afterwards on social media going, "Oh, you should have played a money line." They're
7: up by thirty. <laughs> what are
5: you doing? Like, what are you telling me? Don't play a money line. I want to have it. They were up by thirty. You don't get to come at me like that. Oh, it, was, it was abysmal. It was brutal.
7: <laughs> what about you? So, three team money line parlay in college football on a Saturday, and it's like the early slate too. And two legs are down. They were both like plus one sixty, plus two ten. But the, la- the the anchor was like a plus three fifty 3 50 or $4 uh, or on Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, I can't remember who they were playing, they sc- somehow score throwing the ball, and they're an option team at the time. So the fact that they threw the ball, they go up, they're now up two, and there's like 17 seconds left. The other team is about to accept the, the kickoff after after Southern scores. It goes out of bounds, illegal legal procedure. They get the ball at the 40. They complete two passes and with two seconds left, kick like a 50 something yard field goal, walk off, win by (laughs) one. I lose the three team money line parlay. It was like $10 to win five grand. It's
5: good.
2: (laughs) My worst one ever is one of the worst ever in the history of betting. Robin. The Belk Bowl. The Belk Bowl
5: was
7: brutal. Which one was that one? Cincinnati. uh,
2: Was
5: it Northwest? No. I can't. Ah, now
7: I brought it up. The famous Belk Bowl was Cincinnati. Yeah. Game in Charlotte? Yeah.
5: I'll have to look it up. Continue.
2: Uh, Mets-Braves playoff game total seven and a 3-3. Robin Ventura hits a grand slam. Should have been, final score should have been 7-3. <laughs> Robin Ventura gets mobbed by his teammates yeah. at first base, doesn't circle the bases. Instead of being a 7-3 final, yep. the final score is 4-3 because instead of a grand slam, it becomes a single.
5: Oh, 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 oh ridiculous. Yes, it was Duke Cincinnati. That was the uh, that was the infamous Belk Bowl. What happened? Well, I so apparently I have to look up exactly what it was. It, you know, what's funny. I can r- recall that the Belk Bowl was a bad beat, but it was so long ago now that I can't even remember what exactly it was. What year was it? Twenty twelve. Wow,
7: it was that far away?
2: You said I, it like it was yesterday. Yeah.
7: No, I just looked it up. Uh.
2: What, what happened,
7: happened though? <laughs> well, I got to read the whole Wikipedia on the air. No, oh, no, okay. no. Just give us – you guys don't remember? I mean, uh, I Cincinnati don't. won 48-34, but Cincinnati – so it was 16-17 at the half. Uh, Cincinnati scored 21 in the fourth – outscored them 21-10 to in the fourth quarter to win. I don't remember what happened. I remember it being a, a big Twitter day. It was a big meltdown on Twitter day.
2: Yeah, but there's a lot of people who will sit there and go, oh, it's a bad beat when a guy hits a shot at the oh. end of the game. I'm like, dude, have you? W- is this your first time watching basketball? OK,
5: I'll have one to add in the last 30 seconds. Two years ago was in the running for first place in a six-week mini contest in the yeah. Super Contest. Uh, what I needed was I had Colts plus three in that game against the Buccaneers. They go up 24-10. Bucks come back, but they're in position to tie it. So I would have pushed and gotten a share of first place. They uh, uh, What's former uh, Leonard Fournette rips off a run in the final minute. Oh, I remember that yeah, one. To get a touchdown instead of the field goal. I lose out on it. I only get 1,200.
2: When Keyshawn was with the Jets against Washington, they were an underdog. I took him on the money line as an eight-point dog. He scored the first touchdown. They said no good.
5: If it was today, it would have been ruled good because they had replayed. All right, we've got to talk about football today, though. We'll do that in the final hour Sharp Money.